I'm going to start um, with a couple of verses from uh, the Gospel according to St. John. I have four of them. So the first one. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This is from John 1, 4 through 5. The second one. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That is John 8, 12. The third one, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That is John 9, 5. And the fourth one, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. That is John 12, 46. So I'm sure you're seeing like a pattern, right? That every verse that, um, that we talked about is Christ saying that he is the light. And he has a lot of I am phrases. I am the way, the truth, and the life was today's gospel. I am the light of the world was last week. Um, and that's the one I'd like to focus on is I am the light of the world. Okay. Um, so I always remember Abuna Andrew's sermon last week. He was talking about trying to walk in the dark. In this hotel room, I don't remember. But you can't walk, right? <laughs> uh, you can't walk, obviously, we know. You can't walk in the dark without light, okay? Even if you're in a familiar place. Um, and even... If we look at like humans biologically, psychologically, we actually need light to survive. Okay? We need sunlight to produce vitamin B, to produce serotonin, which is the happy hormone makes you happy. Okay? Um, and that, and you know, there's actually disorder, I'm sure you've heard of it, seasonal affective disorder. People who don't get enough sunlight exhibit like um, symptoms of depression. Okay? So we physically need light to live, but we also spiritually need light to live. Um, uh, there's a Greek Orthodox priest that I really like, his name is Father Anthony Pinaris, and here's what he says. He says, every man needs light to guide him through life. The God who created the sun to illuminate our days did not neglect to create a light for man's soul. The God who made electricity to light up our homes did not forget to make a power to light up our lives. You know, Christ is this light. Okay? And he says, what a dungeon this world would be without the sun. And so it would be, spiritually speaking, without Christ. So what does that mean when he says, what's Christ doing when he says he's the light of the world? So I want to look at some like, characteristics of light in general um, and kind of get some spiritual uh, meaning from it. So first thing light does that we know is that it reveals things. It reveals things that are hidden. Okay? Um, a spiritual father wrote, the light which Jesus brings is something which shows things as they are. It strips away the darkness and concealments. It shows things in all their nakedness. It shows them in their true character and true values. Long ago, the cynic said that men hate the truth, for the truth is like the light to sore eyes. So the closer we get to Christ, the closer we um, participate in the sacraments, and read the Bible, and prayer, all of those things, um, the more we realize the reality of who we are in front of him, and our weakness in front of his glory and his perfection. Um, and those wounds have to be revealed. When you go to a doctor and you're like, I, I cut myself, I need you to stitch it, you have to show them the wound. Right? You have to show them so they can be healed. The same goes for when we go for repentance or confession, you have, those wounds have to be revealed. And the only one that reveals those to us is Christ in his light. Um, and hopefully that leads us to repentance, not despair. Okay? And that um, he reveals these things so that we go for his forgiveness and his Another thing that light does is it guides us, okay? Um, physically, it guides us. There's an analogy that I heard, like, the miners that work in the mines, and they have a helmet, they have a little light on their helmet, okay? Um, but it doesn't light very much. It's not like it gives the whole picture, the whole mine. It just 
Musa. And they take that step and then there's another step. And then there's another step. Or what if you have a flashlight but you can only see a little bit, right? Or even like a lighthouse in a storm, right? If a boat is in the dark, you can only see that one light and they just follow it. Here's what else is happening. All I see is that, I have to follow it, okay? Christ works the same way. He guides us that way and he may not show us everything. He shows us one thing at a time, as much as we can handle. And, um, but that takes a lot of trust from us, right? For us to follow that way. Okay, I'm gonna table this for a second. And then we'll switch gears a little bit. So this Thursday is the Feast of the Ascension. Okay, and uh, the passage that we, that we read from is at the end of the, very, very end of the state of Gospel of Grace at Matthew. And um, Jesus gives the, what he called, what we call the Great Commission, right before he leaves. Um, I want to look at, I just want to read that part too. It says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here, Jesus is saying, Okay, I'm going, and you have a job to do. You have to go out. You're going to go baptize, you're going to go preach, and you're going to teach everybody what you know and what you've learned from when you were with me. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to back up. Okay, I'm going to go now to uh, Gospel of, again, we're in St. Matthew, but we're further back. We're further back in uh, chapter 5, where he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. That came right after the Beatitudes, blessed are the Holy Spirit, blessed are the Holy Spirit. So, um, of all the I am statements that Jesus has, I am the bread of life, I am the YouTube of life, this is the only one, I am the light of the world, where he applies back to us. I am the light of the world, you are the light of the world. Um, so, and like I said, he said it right after the Beatitudes, so blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the universal, blessed are the Those are things that he is. Those are his characteristics. He's, he is good. He is merciful. He is those things. And now we have to be those things. So, our only light source, our like our physical sun, does it create its own light? Yes. Okay. But does the moon create its own light? No. It reflects. It reflects light. Okay, even if you can't actually see the sun, the moon will, will reflect that light. Okay, so that's what our job is. Okay, that's to let your light so shine before men, that they may see your works and glorify who? Not you, but your Father in heaven. Okay? Um, I found this story, close to you, share it. Uh, it says, a little boy had a piece of broken glass in his hand and was reflecting sunlight to the third story window of a tenement house. When asked what he was doing, he replied, I have a little crippled brother living up there. No sunlight ever gets into his room. The only sunlight he ever sees is what I reflect from this bit of glass. So you and I, Christians, may be the only light that people ever really see, especially in the darkness of the world right now. And and St. Paul tells us, he says, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So, what does this look like when we reflect the light? It looks a lot like, like love, 
And St. Augustine says, what does love look like? It has the hands to help others. It has the feet to hasten to the poor day. It has the eyes to see misery and want. It has the ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of men. That is what love looks like. So if we're reflecting the light, we're reflecting love. Okay? Looking at, maybe you want to, maybe you're that person that sits with your friend and encourages them. Or you're just hanging out with them because it makes them happy. That's all they need. They don't need your words, they just need your, your presence. Okay? Or where it says, has the eyes to see the misery. Um, maybe you're looking at, maybe you're, you're sensitive to other people's needs and you care for them. Any of those things, any of those things is showing, is reflecting life. And whatever good that, that we do isn't us. It's not. It's Christ. Okay? Um, and that also has to be cultivated. So you know all of our Sunday school answers pray, read the Bible, go to church, participate in the sacraments. You guys know? Um, those are actually relevant. Okay? We can't, we can't reflect anything if we have nothing, right? Um, but also there's another side to it. Sometimes we, we uh, put the light under a basket in that part in, in, in that verse that says, um, you won't put the light under the basket but on the lampstand, right? And sometimes that basket is our own ego. Like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, right? And, it, and, it, and we want it to be credited to us. Um, and we allow our own pride to take over instead of allowing Christ to shine through us, right? Um, I was thinking about someone that like had impacted me in my life, and I'm sure you, I'm sure if I asked you, is there someone in your life that impacted you? Is there someone that influences you now? Is there someone that that you really admire, even as a kid? And I'm sure everybody has at least one person. I have one. I have many, but one that came to mind that was like just a regular lay person was actually not even Celtic Orthodox. He was my um, high school AP calculus teacher when I was a senior in high school, um, and. What made him so cool, okay, so first of all, he's really brilliant man. Um, Well-spoken, eloquent, all those things. But he was getting his PhD in theology the year that I had him, and he was writing his dissertation while he was teaching his, like, in that year, he retired that year. So he was like, once he found out I was Christian, it became like this, he wanted to have a banter. He wanted to be like, hey, what do you believe in? Hey, what are, what's this thing? Did it, what, like, what, he doesn't know his PhD in theology. Like, he knew. He knew who St. Anastas was. He knew that he's not Orthodox. He, he was so, he's still a uh, but he he had this like special like and he would he would like write fun things on my tests like one time he um, he cut his finger on on the staple of my test and it bled on the paper it was gross and he wrote just as Jesus has shed blood for our sins I have shed blood for <laughs> just funny things like that but it was always like it was always something that way and he was a humble man just super kind. Right? All those things. Why am I still talking about him over 20 years later? This is high school. I'm old now. Why am I still talking about him? Or why do we talk about the people that influenced us when we were kids? Or why do we talk about our favorite saints and the virtues that they had? Because it's not them. It's Christ. That's who we're seeing. And that's who they're reflecting. They could be anywhere at any time. But we also have to be that person to someone else. Um, so, I'm going to pull something else from that Great Commission. And it's a kind of a phrase that's mentioned and we kind of gloss over it. So the very beginning of it says, then the 11 disciples, they're all gathering on the hill before Jesus says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus 
says, all authorities be given to me in heaven. Okay, so why mention that they doubt it? Jesus didn't even acknowledge that. He didn't even talk about it. He, didn't, he, he didn't obviously knew. So sometimes, uh, we do this. Sometimes we get a little scared or we get worried or we get doubtful of what we're supposed to do as Christians. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to do. Or, oh, I'm so weak and oh, I'm so terrible. And, you know, we get, we get in our own way. Even Moses, um, when God was speaking to him through the burning bush, Moses had 600 excuses as to why it wasn't going to work. Right? He's like, oh, what if they don't believe me? Oh, I, I have a speech that I'm tongue-tied. Oh, sick Aaron, he's better, right? All these things that he said many times, and God always had a response for him, and he was like, listen, you're going. I'm going to send Aaron with you, and I'm going to give you the words to give to Aaron to speak, so it's still going to be you. So we can't avoid this as Christians. This is, this is it. Okay, but he was always with them. And so in the Great Commission, he says, all authority has been given to you on heaven and on earth. It's not about you. It's about him. Okay? He's, and he says he's with us, and that's enough. Um, so one of my favorite spiritual authors wrote this, and I bring it up a lot, but I'm going to read it again. So what then? He calls me just as I am. I can go to him with all my miseries, all my weaknesses. He will repair what I have done badly. He will supply for all my indigence. Yes, provided that you go to him, that you count on him, and that you say with St. Paul, I can do all things in him who is my only strength and my only virtue. So, it doesn't matter what our weaknesses are. It doesn't matter what our shortcomings are. We all fall short, but as humans, that's not the point. It's not about us. And at the very end of very, very last verse, very, very last line, the Gospel of St. Matthew says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are still in that age. It's not just for the disciples at the time. It's for us too. We're still in that age. So trust. He will show you. He will shine through you. And that will be it. And that, that's how we are folks, in this world. That was, that was, no, that was Father John Delphi. He's the one that wrote, I really love the St. Therese book that we Yeah, yeah. I like that. When that verse says, uh, under, under a basket, then it says, on the lampstand. What does the lampstand mean then? So on the lampstand, when you put the light on the lampstand, you're now putting your pride away. You're getting, you're getting out. Not that God needs to get out of the way, but you have to let him shine. So you're putting your pride, you're humbling yourself, it's your humility, and it's God's grace that shining for you. That's how you put your light on the the, the, the verse again? Which one? The last one. Oh, the first, but the last thing. Well, so what then? He calls me as I am? That one? Yeah. Sure. So what then? He calls me just as I am. I can go to him with all my miseries and all my weaknesses. He will repair what I've done badly. He will supply for all my indigence. Yes, provided that you go to him, that you count on him, and that you say with St. Paul, I can do all things in him who is my only strength and my only virtue. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's a book called I Believe in Love, and it's based on the teaching of St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, and uh, the, the priest who wrote it is called Father, his name is Father John Del. Del D, apostrophe E L B E. Any other questions?